Welcome back to another episode of the Sexmancers podcast. This episode is going to be uh, slightly different than what you would normally hear on the uh, on the Sexmancers because it does dive into a little bit of a political issue and topic, uh, but it is relevant to sex and relationships. And so I came across this as I was getting ready to speak around a social issue uh, as far as my political podcast goes, the Jacob Johnston Show. And one of those issues was the topic of sex robots. Yes, you heard me correctly, sex robots, which are gaining in popularity. And throughout the uh, conversation of sex robots, there are some people who are going out there saying, yeah, 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 sex robots, yay, this is great, this is something that's going to be fantastic. And other people going off and talking about sex robots as promoting rape culture. And so... In case you're not familiar with sex robots, there's a robot uh, called Harmony out there, and it's equipped with artificial intelligence where you can have conversations, she'll, you know, talk back to you, learn some things, and of course, uh, the, you know, body is designed for you to be able to have sex with her. And they do create uh, sex robots uh, for women as well, you know, so there is that. But, you know, it started uh, as I was researching this. Why would anybody get a sex robot? Especially since they cost, you know, ten to twenty thousand dollars. And what does that mean for the future of relationships? You know, whether that's, you know, you as a single person looking, you know, to get a relationship, you know, uh, down the road, or you're married and what that could mean for the future of your marriage. And so with these robots, you can customize, you know, the looks, the personality, and all of that. And it's, you know, really kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, you know what? If you were to build a robot, if you really wanted to impress me, make one that can cook and clean, right? You know, to do all the domestic housework. That's what would impress me. A robot for sex? Come on, who would really go for that? But apparently, it is gaining in popularity. So I was trying to figure this out, and I'm thinking, oh, yes, China, that must be it. You know, due to the one-child policy and abortions, you know, uh, you know, of, of women because they prefer, you know, men and the family, therefore, you know, it's out of necessity because there are so many men and so few women in the culture. But it turns out it's not China in which these sex robots are gaining in popularity. It is gaining in popularity in Western civilizations, like over in Europe, where they are even creating brothels full of these sex dolls and sex robots. And, you know, and what's interesting is right across the street would be a brothel with real women, but they're still choosing these sex dolls and robots. And so I'm you know, completely baffled, you know, uh, by all of this. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe, you know, uh, the people who are buying these, you know, have some, you know, um, you know, disability or cognitive problem that makes it harder for them to be able to function normally in a relationship. And that didn't turn out to be the case. And so I'm trying to go through and figure out the popularity and the rise of sex robots, because that does have a huge impact on the future. I mean, what would you do if your guy brought home a sex robot, spent ten dollars to $20,000 on a robot for him to have sex with? You know, well, some people, uh, you know, as they try to go through and, you know, politicize this are now talking about, well, sex robots should be banned because 
they promote rape culture, right? You know, because these robots, you know, they, they, they can't consent. You know, they, they don't have the freedom to say no. And, you know, I, as I look through there and I'm taking a look at that argument, I'm like, what? You know, what are you talking about? You know, I mean, women, do you ask your vibrators for consent before you use them? You know, so I don't understand this whole rape culture and getting consent from a machine. Of course, I also don't understand having sex with a machine, or at least I didn't. You know, no, I haven't gotten one of these and I haven't tested them out or anything. You know, my wife is, you know, perfect for me. You know, so I was going through and I was trying to figure out what is driving the popularity of sex robots and how are they increasing? You know, why is it that, you know, people are willing to spend $10,000 on a sex robot? And then as I was preparing, you know, my other podcast, you know, for politics, it dawned on me. The reason why sex robots are gaining in popularity is because of things like this. I will never stop talking about my abortion or my periods or my experiences in childbirth, my episiotomies, my yeast infections, or my ovulation that lines up with the moon. Maybe you shouldn't even want to have sex with me or with you or with any woman. And you know, with that, the whole sex robot thing suddenly makes sense because an increasing number of our population is becoming insane. They're being driven insane by politics. And I don't think, you know, some of them really understand what they actually sound like, what they actually come off as, or how their insanity is affecting their relationship. And congratulations, there is a portion of the population, you know, of women out there who have made sex uh, with an actual real woman unappealing to men, to a certain segment of men who are unwilling to put up with all the craziness. And now what's interesting is the whole, you know, conversation around sex robots and rape culture and wanting to eliminate, you know, this, because on the one hand, you got a segment of women who are, you know, just driven so completely insane and crazy, especially around certain political topics. They go off and they say, men are the scum of the earth. Men are the cause of all problems. Men should not be, you know, trying to ask me out, you know, because that is, you know, harassment. You know, men should not be thinking of me as a sexual being and should not be sexually attracted to me. That is horrible. Then the guy's attention diverts over into something else. And it's like, well, how dare you find this machine more sexually appealing to me? That is horrible. We must ban that. I mean, there is a certain level of craziness about the whole, you know, you should not, you know, want me. You should not sexually desire me. But God forbid, if you ever pay attention to something else more than me. I mean, there is some insanity there. And women out there screaming about how they'll never stop talking and yelling about their yeast infections and their periods and, you know, and claiming that, hey, you know, maybe you should not want to have sex with me. Well, guess what, women? You know, if that's the way you're going to act, men will find a solution. They will find an alternative. I mean, do you understand how crazy the culture is getting and how that is going to affect your relationships? Now, it's one thing to have, you know, political beliefs, you know, and that's fine. 
But allowing yourself to go overboard, get driven to the point of of complete insanity with your beliefs. Now that rally was outside of the Supreme Court, uh, you know, where they were talking about abortion and you know trying to claim that abortion is somehow healthcare. You know, and we're not going to get into the abortion debate, you know, on this show, but I just wanted to provide some context, you know, to this where they get themselves so insanely wrapped up in wanting to take a political side that they're not even analyzing how crazy and insane they sound and how the point of views in which they are coming from have no bearing in reality. But if you're going to go off and act that completely insane, don't be out there wondering why guys are no longer asking you out. Why, you know, your husband may no longer, you know, be chasing after you for her intimacy and sex in the relationship. And don't be surprised when he starts bringing home things, you know, for his own sexual gratification that don't involve needing you. If you're going to go off and just be a completely insane person that is, you know, almost unbearable, you know, to live with. And guess what, guys? You know, this goes for you. If you're going to go off there and act all insane and be completely unbearable for her to live with, well, take a look at, you know, what she has in stock. Maybe there's a reason why she has, you know, multiple vibrators in her drawers, you know, because she may not be finding you as uh, appealing as she once did, or maybe you're just being a little too lazy there. But, you know, the, the point goes on here. As I was going through and researching and studying uh, the whole issue surrounding, you know, the rise of sex robots, you know, it is the way our culture is getting insane and driving ourselves insane that is leading to people looking for alternatives to real human interaction where they want someone who is going to be nice to them, agreeable, who's not going to be, you know, going off and trying to tear their head off just because of their gender, you know, and I get it, you know, women, you do get a pass for about one week out of the month, you know, for acting, you know, insane and being hormonally imbalanced and all of that. Okay. You know, guys can understand that for one week out of the month, but if you're like that every day of the year, what do you think is going to happen? Now, go back and, you know, uh, rewind women, you know, back to uh, the audio clip uh, that I had uh, played, you know, and then really take a listen at, uh, at that and go, is this really what I may sound like? You know, is this really how I'm presenting myself publicly around various issues, especially issues that are being promoted as women's issues? Am I really going forward and acting and sounding like that? You know, and if the honest answer is yes, then you might want to think about, you know, making some changes because, you know, it's not always, you know, an issue of what you believe. It may be how you present what you believe. Now, if you believe men are the scum of the earth, you're going to have a hard time in a relationship. But, oh, wow, I got the kids stomping around up there. I'll try and edit that out uh, of the show. But I want to go through and I want to make this as clear as possible. In a relationship, you know, while what you say is important, how you say it is even more important. And if you're going off and you're acting like a crazed psycho 
in all of your communications and your relationship, it, where do you think it's going to go? Where do you think it's going to lead to? It's going to be leading to the point where your partner is going to be looking for any reason, any excuse, any way to avoid you. And at some point, you know, if you continue to become crazier and crazier, guys are just going to, you know, decide that, hey, I'm giving up on women altogether. I got something that will get the job done without having to deal with all the crazy psychoness. You know, and so this is, you know, one of those things where I can reference uh, a previous episode here about, you know, not letting politics get in the way of your marriage, in the way of your relationship. And so you'll, of course, want to date someone who has similar beliefs, both religious and political beliefs, in order to have, you know, a happy, harmonious relationship. But as time evolves and as you get older, you know, some of your beliefs can change. And so how you deal with that is going to require tactfulness. You know, going out there shouting, I'm going to talk about my yeast infections. And, you know, if you don't agree with abortion, then maybe you shouldn't have sex with any woman. You know, I mean, think about how crazy that is. Now, on the other hand, sex robots do open up some opportunities in the relationship. For instance, women, you know, if you can find a place where you can, I don't know, rent a, a sex robot or get your hands on, on one, maybe you can use that to experiment, you know, with easing into a threesome if that's what you want to do with your relationship. Now, my recommendation is that we never involve another party, you know, no threesomes, no foursomes, no swinging or swapping. You know, I'm very traditional on this view that once you're married, the relationship is closed. You know, it's just you and your spouse and that's it, you know, but if you're the type of person that, you know, does like to experiment and you do want to, you know, satisfy some curiosity of what maybe a threesome would be like, well, okay, maybe the robots, you know, you know, have a place, but all in all here, you know, the issue of sex robots is something that's going to go off and change human interactions where it's going to be able to, you know, get to the point where someone's like, well, you know, you don't agree with everything that I want to do and you won't do whatever I want to do. Therefore, I'm just going to go over to this robot. And so its effects on human relationships is only going to exacerbate what we have seen, you know, from social media where people are able to get into their own bubbles and then become increasingly belligerent towards anybody of different beliefs and uh, and is now getting to the point where people are having a hard time functioning in a regular diverse society because they expect that anybody who doesn't agree with them is not supposed to be allowed in any public space. You know, we're going to be seeing that you know, exacerbated in personal relationships uh, with the rise of artificial intelligence and robotics and the ability to replace, you know, spousal. Now, for those of you who are concerned about, you know, climate change and the belief that, you know, human population, you know, overpopulation is a leading cause to it, well, then maybe sex robots is a way to reduce the population, you know, but you know, that's more uh, for political topics. In a personal relationship, you know, uh, environment, you know, the effects that this can have, 
you know, for instance, you know, let's say you have a low libido, uh, but your spouse desires, you know, a lot more sexual activity. You know, if they go off uh, to a brothel, you know, that is peddling in sex robots, is having sex with a robot considered cheating? Now, that is an interesting question. Can you actually cheat on your spouse with an inanimate object with a robot? You know, and then for all you women going out there going, yes, it's cheating, then ask yourself, well, how is that different than you using your vibrators? Is there really a difference? Is using your vibrator cheating? So if the, your answer is no, how is a sex robot any different? It's just silicone and wires, you know, and a motor. You know, it may be a little more technologically advanced. Yeah, but, you know, these are questions that are going to come up. And, you know, as they do, you know, and as the prevalence of sex robots start expanding, you know, there needs to be communication in your marriage and your relationship as far as whether or not a sex robot is okay, you know, and whether or not you still consider that, you know, just as much cheating as you would with an actual flesh and blood person, you know, and then try to go through and see whether or not there really is a difference between a robot and a vibrator. You know, these are all going to be interesting questions and how you, you know, bring up or how you talk about it is just as important, you know, as what you say about it. Now, as far as it goes, though, you know, the real implication of this is, you know, the crazier you get, the harder it is uh, and the harder it's going to be to find a guy. And for some of you, you've relied on, you know, sex and, you know, the guy's desire for sex as a weapon, you know, to control the guy. I believe the term is pussy whipped, you know, where you go by and you try and say, hey, you know what? You got to do this or you're not getting any. You know, you got to, you know, do whatever I say and support whatever I believe or I'm cutting you off. Well, what are you going to do when there's an alternative to that? I mean, if that's your approach uh, to a marriage or to a relationship and the guy's able to go out there and, you know, find an alternative, well, then you lose your leverage. That's why it's more important to focus on creating uh, a marriage of equality, a marriage of open communication, a marriage of shared values, and not trying to be controlling of one uh, of one another or to be going out there and just yelling, ranting, and raving like a psycho in order to try and get your way. Because unlike, you know, history, as we go forward into the future, alternatives are developing and the impacts that they're going to have on human relationships and marriage is going to be, you know, one of two things, either very helpful, you know, uh, you know, for therapy situations or very damaging for our ability to interact, you know, with each other. All right. So that's just kind of one of those things uh, that I wanted to bring up here regarding sex robots. And, you know, please, if anybody listening to this podcast has actually gone through and experienced sex with one of these robots, you know, please email the show. 
you know, uh, look at the links and the, uh, you know, in the show notes to be able to contact me and let me know what your experience has been, you know, with one of these robots, if you have actually used them or, you know, go through and provide me feedback. You know, now women, I, I do want to, you know, point this out while I play the clip of, you know, women being completely psycho at a political rally. I understand that that's not, you know, the norm for most of you, but, you know, actually go through before you start sending me hate mail, you know, on playing that clip, you know, actually go through and take a look at, you know, um, doing a self-analysis. And ask yourself, you know, do you act like that or not? You know, because I can play clips of people acting psycho all the time, and that's not necessarily the norm, but it is becoming more and more prevalent, you know, especially out in society. And as people are going off and getting more politicized in every aspect of their life, you know, ask yourself if, you know, the problems in your relationship is just because someone's acting crazy and it's easy to want to blame the other person. Oh, the guy, he's just unreasonable. Oh man, the girl, she is just one hormonal beep. You know, I, I'm just kind of beeping that out. I'm, I'm trying to keep this, you know, uh, somewhat, you know, uh, clean in the language, but you know, it's easy to blame the other person. It's harder to do self-analysis. So go through and analyze your own behaviors, you know, uh, before you go off and try and accuse the other person and try and go off and go, well, I may not be that crazy, but am I acting sort of crazy and irrational? You know, because if you get worked up, all logic and reasoning go out the door, right? So go ahead and let me know what you think about sex robots and uh, the discussion over sex robots. You know, just take a look at the show notes in the description below. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, so moving along here, I want to talk about more of what happens if you get overteased during sex. So let's take a look at a situation that, well, I don't know how common it is in your relationship. It does happen quite often in my own, you know, where me and my wife were, you know, all horny where, you know, the kids have gone to sleep and now we're getting ready. You know, we go through the foreplay, you know, she goes down on me. I go down on her. We're getting all teased up. Everything, you know, is heightened. We got it so that, you know, the feeling is just so great, you know, and we get into the penetration, you know, and, you know, we don't want it to end. Right. So we're kind of holding back uh, as much as possible from, you know, having the orgasm, you know, for her or me, you know, getting off and ejaculating because, man, it, this, this just feels, you know, amazing. But then we start to realize that the sensitivity or the feeling starts to go away, you know, where once every thrust was just, uh, you know, a big explosion of pleasure that is coming our way, you know, we start losing the feeling to the point where we feel the movement, but there isn't much of any pleasure going on. And this usually happens after about mm, between the 20 and 30 minute mark, 
right? Uh, where, you know, the feeling starts going away and, you know, maybe she's, you know, very, you know, very wet and, you know, so there's not enough friction going on or, you know, we've just been over teased and oversensitized that, that, you know, we just lost the feeling, you know, too much stimulation, the nerve endings are shutting down. Now, I don't know if this happens, you know, to everybody else, but I mean, if you're going at it, you know, and you're, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes, you know, uh, you know, of penetration, you know, this starts to come into play here, right? You know, and so we were taking a look at this and, you know, discussing, you know, what we can do about that. You know, should we try to do more, you know, quickies? you know, where we don't hold back so that we get off more? Or can we find a way to, you know, deal with uh, the lack of sensitivity and get that sensitivity back? And, you know, when we were going through here, we were kind of researching, you know, uh, again, because uh, we've done the research before, but we had forgotten, you know, so we wanted to go up and go, well, what do the average people do? You know, uh, what is the average amount of, of time most people spend having sex? Right. And I'm not talking about how many times per week. I mean, during each session, once, you know, sexual intercourse starts, how long does it usually last for a relationship before each one of them, you know, gets off and are done. And we were shocked. We were just like, holy crap. You know, because we were seeing that the average amount of time uh, that people have sex is around five minutes. You know, that's all the longer sex lasts. Now, we take a look at it and we see that on average, men can get off and ejaculate after only two or three minutes of sex, whereas women on average take around 11 to 12 minutes in order to have an orgasm. And we're looking at this like, poor people, five minutes, that's it? And then we're also going, wait a minute, wait a minute. The average length of the time is five minutes. A guy could get off in three minutes, but it takes a woman on average 11 to 12 minutes to have an orgasm. There's something wrong here, you know, in the, you know, uh, math as far as, you know, women experiencing, you know, great sexual pleasure. And maybe that's, you know, part of the reason why there's uh, vibrators are so popular and why women tend to have multiple vibrators. You know, because they, by and large, may be left unsatisfied. You know, I mean, this is something that has occurred to me uh, before, but, you know, being reminded of the statistics really kind of brought this out, you know, and it's just like, man, poor women, you know, it takes so long for you to get your reward from sex that most of you, you know, on average are not having, uh, being able to have sex long enough to reach it. Now, me and my wife, we've never had this problem. I mean, we've been, you know, together for a long time, you know, uh, way back, you know, since high school. And even then, you know, when we were having sex back in high school, it was taking, you know, a you know, good 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, we just, you know, go at it for long periods of time, which does have some of its disadvantages, such as when you know you got to get up early the next morning for work. And by the time you get the kids to bed and, you know, knowing how long it's going to take, you know, to have sex, sometimes that is a bit of a discouragement. But in any event, you know, there are times when, you know, after we get going for a very long time, it, it loses its sensitivity. 
you know, it loses its pleasurable feeling. And so what we have learned uh, over time as we go through and we deal with, you know, uh, these issues is that sometimes it's okay and it's actually beneficial to take a break during sex, right? To go through and, you know, just stop, you know, pull out, you know, lay next to each other, rest up, you know, maybe one of you, you know, uh, you know, are both of you go outside, cool off for a little bit, and then go back into the bedroom and pick it back up. But in any event, taking a break and having sex in rounds can be beneficial to you, you know, because what it does is it lays off, you know, uh, the, you know, sensation and, you know, direct stimulation, you know, for a while lets your, you know, parts, you know, recover. And then after about five, 10 minutes, you know, you pick up again into sexual activities and you'll find that the pleasurable sensation and feeling comes back, right? And I got around to thinking about this, you know, because it works for us taking that, you know, five minute break, you know, where she can go from, you know, not feeling anything anymore, you know, because of too much overstimulation, take a five minute break, come back and all of a sudden it's great and you know, shortly thereafter, she can orgasm, right? And, you know, that works for us. And then I got to thinking about the statistics here, you know, about how the average woman takes about 11 to 12 minutes uh, in order to reach orgasm, but the average amount of time is about five minutes for people having sex. And I got around to thinking, okay, okay, what if, you know, you in order to improve your sex life and how often, you know, you uh, reach orgasm, what if you have it set whereby, you know, after about, you know, four minutes, you know, or, you know, close to the five minute mark, you take a break, right? Now, guys, I get it. You know, this may be, you know, kind of a hard concept uh, for you to grasp, but it works, you know, um, you know, uh, and I know this, you know, from personal experience because, well, at least it works in rebringing up the feelings, you know, and, but as far as being able to, you know, last longer in bed to help her reach her orgasm, you know, this may be something uh, that can work for you. And that is when you feel like you're at the point where you're going to come, you know, you're going to, you know, just blow your load you know, and, you know, that's going to be the end of the session. And yet she doesn't look like she's quite at the point where she can orgasm. Well, stop, take a break, pull out, you know, and just spend some time snuggling, cuddling, maybe just doing a little bit of kissing, you know, avoiding stimulation of her, you know, vaginal area. And then after about another five minutes, you know, of, you know, rest, you know, the sensation for you has kind of gone away. You're reset back to zero, you know, go back and start penetration again. Now, you know, as it goes here, and I think about this, uh, as far as how me and my wife use it as a way to take a break when the sensation and feeling starts going away because of overstimulation and how that resets and allows us to feel pleasure again, you know, during sex you know, it gets me, you know, knowing that while pulling out and everything, you know, resets the guy back to, you know, zero where we would have to pretty much start all over, you know, and it would take another, you know, three to five minutes, you know, on average 
to be able to reach, you know, um, ejaculation again. You know, for the woman, it doesn't reset back to zero. You know, she still is left teased and, you know, warmed up. Her engine is still going. You know, men, you know, we have two settings. You know, we have full boner or no boner, right? I mean, we have, you know, we're full, you know, on, you know, turned on, ready to go, or we're not, right? And that setting can flip in a heartbeat. But for women, just like it takes time, for them to warm up, you know, if we're to use a car analogy, to warm up, really get her engine going in order to reach its maximum velocity and hit that orgasm. Well, if you stop, you know, uh, you know, just stop during sex, pull out, and she hasn't gotten off, well, her engine doesn't just shut back off and reset, you know, just like in a regular engine it slowly cools down. And so after you take that five minute break and get back in there, well, she's still already warmed up. And as you go through, you can see that you're going to get her closer to that orgasm. You know, now maybe you need to take two or three breaks. And so, you know, you go five minutes, you get, take a five minute break, go five minutes, take a five minute break, you know, go five minutes and boom, she has her orgasm, right? And so you're talking about what, 30 minutes, you know, all in all, you know, uh, off and on, if you need to, if that's what it takes uh, for you to last. Now, you know, let's say, you know, you're above average male, you know, you can last not five minutes, but 10 minutes. Well, then maybe you go eight or nine minutes, you know, you can pretty much gauge you know, how long or how close you're going to be to ejaculating and, you know, you can feel it coming, you know, long before you actually explode. So, you know, when you need to take a break. And so when you get up uh, to that point and, you know, she's still not yet ready to pop, well, take a break. Yeah, she'll cool down a little bit. But once you re-enter into her and get back to penetration and sex, you know, you're not starting over from zero and you're going to have you know, much more chances of success and helping her reach orgasm on a more consistent basis. And my operating theory in a relationship has always been the more orgasms you give your wife, the more motivated she is to have more sex with you. I mean, this whole, you know, conversation about sex in a relationship and the difference in libidos, well, if one person is always left sexually unsatisfied having to grab, you know, a battery-operated toy in order to finish themselves off after sex, that leaves them pretty much unmotivated for sex with you. So when we go through and we take a look at how to help reach that orgasm, there are various ways. Oral sex, for instance you know, can help get her engine going and revved up, you know, and there are certain things that you'll do that, you know, is dangerous in the point where she may not last past the foreplay. You know, um, I know if I really want to get uh, my wife going, you know, what I'll do is while I'm, you know, going down on her, once I start stimulating uh, the clit, I'll have one hand, you know, caressing and, you know, uh, playing with her nipples and the other hand, you know, with a finger inside her with a come hither motion on her G spot. And yeah, she, when I do that, it doesn't take her long to get to the point where she's ready to pop, 
you know, and we have nights where all we do is oral, you know, and we have nights where all, you know, where we do penetration and we have nights where we do both. Right. And so, you know, when we go through and take a look at ways in which you can go about, you know, more successfully getting your spouse off on a more consistent basis, taking a little bit of a break and having sex in rounds, you know, it helps if you get over teased and lose the feeling and sensation, but it also helps when you have a mix match where it will take her, you know, 11, 12 minutes to orgasm, but you have a hard time lasting past five minutes. Well, doing it in rounds can help uh, with that mix match so that you can more consistently get her off. And, you know, the fun part is when you can both get off together. And ladies, you know, uh, the issue here around your orgasm, every guy wants to be able to get you to orgasm when they're having sex with you. So all your husbands do care about wanting to get you to orgasm. Problem is they don't always know how, right? You know, uh, due to not just the mix match uh, between how long uh, it takes to get you off and how quickly the uh, guys can get off, but also, you know, because of the lack of communication, you know, about what does and doesn't feel good or, you know, so on and whatnot. But in all in all here, you know, some guys though, you know, are conditioned that they can't get off until you do. And so, you know, if you're in a situation where, you know, you lose your, you know, the feeling, the pleasurable feeling, you know, overstimulation, you know, and he's keeps on going and you're wondering why it's still taking him forever. And you're starting to get bored because you can't feel anything because you got way too overstimulated. It's okay to go off and say, Hey, let's take a break, right? Let's take a break because with a guy who's conditioned, you know, uh, such that he's not going to be able to get off until you do because your orgasm is what triggers it for him. And a lot of times that's the way it is for me. You know, it's not until, you know, my wife starts to, you know, orgasm and it feels all the muscles contracting, especially inside the vaginal walls, you know, uh, that creates that, you know, psychological, you know, whether it's psychological or physiological, I don't know what, but that's what triggers me the most. Now, I don't need that every time, but, you know, for a large uh, amount of time, that's what triggers it for me, you know? And so having that communication of being able to have the confidence to say, hey, you know, let's take a little bit of a break, you know, and just explain, you know, overstimulation, you know, it's losing its feeling. Let's take a little bit of a break, you know, let it, you know, uh, calm down and then get right back at it. You know, it's okay to have that conversation and explain it to him. If you're explaining to him what you need in order for you to achieve an orgasm, he's going to listen. Okay. That is one of the biggest keys here. Communication, communication, communication. So doing this in rounds can help it uh, or help you to last longer or to go through and fix a mix match and how much time it takes for each of you to get off. So the next time you're in this situation where, you know, the feeling has gone away or the next time you're in the situation where you're not going to last long enough for your partner to be able to get off. Remember, just try 
to take a little five-minute break and then get back at it and see if it helps you. Okay, moving along here. One of the things that is always going to come up in a relationship or seems to be coming up in increasing fashion is always the topic around anal sex. You know, whether it's because it's taboo or because it gives a little bit of a or at least it was taboo, or because it provides a different feeling, or, you know, for whatever reason, anal sex does tend to come up in most relationships. Now, while in some relationships, it's, you know, completely no. You know, uh, women out there are saying, no, 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 there's a do not enter sign, uh, you know, here. You know, there is no entry through the back door. You know, but some of you are willing to go through and experiment and try it and just see if you like it. Now, my advice has always been be willing to try anything, you know, sexually with your spouse or, you know, with your long-term partner at least once because you never know what it is you are and are not going to like until you try it. Same thing, you know, when you go about the conversations uh, regarding butt plugs. You know, now, when it goes through here, you know, a lot of people will make mistakes when they first try anal sex. You know, I know uh, the first time, you know, that I had done this uh, with my wife, you know, we had, you know, we hadn't really, you know, planned it out, you know, and so we didn't do it in the most, well, in the in, in such a way that is least discomforting to her. You know, because we didn't know about anal lube and, you know, I was thinking, okay, this is entry through the back door, so I should throw on a condom. So it was uh, with the use of a condom and no lube. As you can imagine, this was not exactly a pleasurable experience for her, you know. And so, you know, we kind of live and we learn. But if you're going to go off and you're going to start, you know, experimenting with uh, anal sex, you know, and, you know, especially if you don't want to have to deal with, you know, the potential risks of it, you know, tearing up, you know, uh, the, you know, um, you know, tearing up her butt, you know, uh, so to speak, you know, causing tears, you know, that could lead to infections and serious health problems. Uh, you'll want to go through and take uh, some precautions. You know, uh, for instance, you know, um, you know, a condom is going to add extra, you know, friction and discomfort. So if you're going to go through with anal sex, try to plan it in advance and women try to maybe take a shower or something and clean yourself out as much as possible, you know, and so that you can avoid uh, the condom, you know, if, you know, you're going to be doing it that way. Now, if you're going to use a condom, Okay, you know, you'll still want to get, you know, kind of cleaned out because, you know, it can be embarrassing to have some fecal matter end up on a condom through anal sex. And so hopefully, though, you're not uh, too self-conscious after mentioning that. But in any event, what you're going to want to do here is make sure to use plenty of lube. And there is no such thing as too much lube when you go and start penetration in anal sex. Now, anal, uh, anal lube is also good for vaginal area uh, as well, but do not go from butt to, ve uh, to, ve uh, to the vagina, you know, at least not without changing out the condom at least, you know, at the very least, you know. So what you'll want to do here is use lots and lots and lots of lube. I mean, lube, the, lube that thing up to the point where it is beyond a slip and slide. This is going to make entry, you know, 
much more comfortable, so to speak, are, you know, very, you know, you know, are cut down on the discomfort by quite a bit. And this would be the same advice I'd give uh, to a virgin, you know, the first time she has regular sex, use lots and lots of lube, you know, lube is your friend here. And one of the mistakes that people may make uh, when they go through and they throw on some lube is just throwing the lube on the outside of the anus, right? You know, just putting a bunch of lube uh, between the butt cheeks, you know, and lubing up uh, the, you know, anal opening, you know, but that's only half of it, right? Because you also got to understand that you got to throw lube on the guy, you know, whether it's lubing up the condom and making sure that as you do so, that you have an understanding of which lubes are and are not safe to use with condoms and which lubes will deteriorate the condom. If you're not using a condom, well, you know, still lube them up. Lube them up. Use lots and lots of lube. So, you know, because when you have lube, you know, on the woman's, you know, actual, you know, anal opening, you know, and you got lots of lube on the guy and creating, you know, such a slip and slide, it's going to make entry that much easier. And guys, when you go through there, do not just shove it in. I mean, that may be okay, you know, when you've been with the same woman uh, for a while and you're having vaginal sex, you know, uh, because unlike a virgin, you know, she's, you know, already used to it. Her body's already adjusted to uh, being penetrated and having sex. So she's not as tight as she was as a virgin. Well, when it comes to her ass, you know, the situation is, you know, different. You know, even if you engage in anal sex periodically before, it will still tighten and shrink back up, you know, rather quickly. You know, and so what you'll want to do is make sure that not only are you using lots and lots of lube, but, you know, you start off very, very slow. You know, because there are inner workings uh, within, you know, her butt that are not at play in the vagina that, you know, makes, you know, the entry process, uh, you know, uh, a little more delicate or needing a little more, you know, delicacy in there, you know, and plus, you know, you don't want to go in, you know, rough and hard right off the bat because you're going to tear things up inside of her and cause some medical problems. But you know, if you go through and you use a lot of lube and, you know, you're getting it all lubed up inside of there as you are entering slowly and, you know, don't just add lube the one time, you know, you know, because, you know, the lube is going to kind of rub off a little bit as it gets absorbed inside of the body, you know, and inside her anal tract, you know, so you'll want to go through and as you are, you know, starting off the process, you know, after you get so far in, pull back out, throw on some more lube and start working your way in a little bit more, you know, get it so that her body, you know, and her anal tract just naturally starts expanding and has the lubrication to be as flexible as it needs to be while it's expanding. You want to be very delicate and use lots of lubes here, you know, otherwise you're just going to cause so much pain and discomfort. You can cause some internal bleeding. I mean, anal sex, since that's not how we're, you know, really designed, you know, for intercourse, you know, can go off and cause a lot of problems if you don't do it right. So if I were to go through and provide you, 
you know, the number one advice for how to get started in anal play and all that, it is buy a ton of anal lube, you know, a ton of anal lube. Now, you know, for you virgins out there that may be listening, although I'm not sure why you would be, you know, but, you know, if you're a virgin, you know, and you're planning to, you know, have sex with your man, you know, for the very first time, then make sure before you do, you buy lots and lots of lube and anal lube does work uh, for the vagina as well. You know, it's very thick, it's very slippery, and it doesn't rub off or deteriorate nearly as fast. So it stays there longer and keeps it, you know, feeling nice and good. And then as you go through uh, with anal sex and you start, you know, getting in there for a while and you're, you know, going back, you know, got it all the way in and stuff. And, you know, as time goes on, you can start picking up the pace and, you know, slowly, you know, but surely, you know, start going faster and faster. And then eventually after you used up enough lube and, you know, she's gotten, you know, and her body's adjusted to you being inside her butt, you know, you can start going faster and faster and start ramming her like you would her vagina, you know? So, you know, those are some things, you know, that you got to be aware of and that you got to be able to take into consideration as you're experimenting with her ass. Okay. So that's it uh, for this episode. You know, this last segment here was just uh, kind of, uh, I guess you could call it a, a PSA, you know, a public service announcement for those wanting to get, you know, into experimenting with the anal sex and how to do it right and what the number one tip is. But all in all, uh, that's it uh, for this particular episode. I do appreciate you listening. Uh, don't forget to hit subscribe if you're not subscribed already so that you don't miss any new episodes. Uh, leave me a rating and a review wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast, whether it be in you know, Apple Podcast, Google uh, Podcast, Stitcher, or you know, anywhere else. Leave me a rating and review so other people will be able to find the show and know that it's something uh, that they will enjoy listening to and we'll be able to provide them, you know, lots of great advice for their relationship. Other than that, I thank you so much for your time and attention. I'm humbled as I take a look at the download numbers and see just how much everybody has been enjoying the show, especially, you know, on the, you know, Anchor app, as I see how many people have marked this as their favorite podcast or as one of their favorite podcasts. I am always humbled by that. Thank you so much, and I will be back again soon.